0: On our honeymoon, Chris and I went to a little town in Maine called Poland. It's where the water comes from. Have you ever drank Poland water? Yeah. We stayed in a little inn on a lake. And every day we got into a canoe and paddled around the lake. One morning. We were in our canoe and we saw two bald eagles. I had never seen a, a live one before. They were perched on a tree, one above the other, and we quietly paddled towards them. The one who was higher up was eating some kind of an animal carcass. I, it was so gross. And, There wasn't much of it left, so I couldn't even tell if it was a fish or a rodent or what. But the eagle was just consumed with eating this flesh, and bits of it were falling into the water. and It was very disgusting, but also awesome. And then below it, there was another eagle who looked right at us, of course, because this one was not consumed with eating something. Looked at us sort of like what are you doing here? You don't belong here. We were able to sit under that tree and watch those two eagles in their different states of awareness for almost 10 minutes before the one who was looking at us decided either he was bored or didn't like us and flew off. The one who was consumed with eating never once looked at us, but kept on just devouring this thing. One was consumed, and one was free. My godfather was a very eccentric man. He was way ahead of his time in studying world religions. He got a PhD in world religions from Columbia University. He would travel the world and not only study them, but kind of practice these faiths. He spent A few months on Mount Athos in Greece living with Greek Orthodox monks after that experience he came home and he called me up and wanted me to come and visit as my goddaughter he said I've been praying for you and I've believed God wants me to teach you a prayer Okay, I said. I wasn't sure how relevant this all was since I was going to become Meryl Streep at the time. That was my plan. The prayer that he taught me was in Greek because he had learned it from these Greek Orthodox monks. It was very simple and kind of rhythmic. And his instruction was that I not only memorize it, but I say it every single time I could think about it, as often as I could, every day. It was kind of a tall order for a 17-year-old. The prayer was this. Kyrie, which means Lord, Jesu Christe, Jesus Christ, Eles on me, have mercy on me. Kyrie, Jesu Christe, e me. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. The prayer is known as the Jesus Prayer in the Eastern Orthodox branch of Christianity. I would say that in the thousands of years of Christian, Christianity, this is the second greatest prayer, the Lord's Prayer being the first. Throughout the millennia, especially in the eastern side of the world, Christians say this prayer over and over and over again. There is a very famous book called The Way of the Pilgrim about a man who says this prayer all the time without ceasing, and he goes from being kind of a depressed, morose guy to a joy-filled pilgrim. Kyrie, these are the words of the publican or the tax collector that we heard in today's gospel. Have mercy on me. God, have mercy on me. Strange, isn't it, that The second greatest prayer in all of Christianity would be uttered by a man who was a tax collector, whose life was basically a debacle, who was ashamed of himself. Strange that the greatest prayer would be uttered by such a person. But in this parable that Jesus gives us, just like those two eagles were there, one consumed with what he was devouring and the other one free to look around, in this parable there are two men in a temple. One of them is a Pharisee and he's consumed with himself. He's basically all about himself, digesting his own self. I could say that his prayer is really more of a selfie than it is a prayer. He's basically saying, oh, Lord, look at me. (laughs) I give thanks for myself because I'm so awesome. And I fast and I give and I do this and that. And and then he goes on even worse. It goes from self-absorption to judgment. He says, I'm so much better than that guy over there who's such a jerk or that woman whose life is a mess. It reminds me a little bit of Facebook, you know, how we say, look at my great life, it's better than your life. This Pharisee may be living well and not making a lot of quote-unquote mistakes, but he is consumed with himself. And then there's the tax collector. A tax collector was a Jewish person whose job was to get money, mostly from poor Jews, and give the money to the Roman Empire. So he was taking money from the poor and giving it to the rich. There was no one more hated and despised in the Jewish community than a tax collector. They worked for the bad guys. They sold themselves for money. Often breaking their parents' hearts and anyone else who knew them. It was considered the dirtiest kind of work. This tax collector is ashamed of himself and he's standing in the temple and it says that he can't even look up hits, beats his breast, and he says, oh God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Now, if I had to pick one word in the Christian faith that is the most misunderstood word, I might choose the word sin. We don't know what sin means We think that sin means that we're bad or that we're a jerk. Sin in the ancient Hebrew means if you are shooting an arrow towards a mark that you miss it. It means missing the mark. It indicates the space between where you're supposed to be and where you actually are. Sin is about the gap. The gap between the person that God calls you to be and the person that you end up being. You see, the Pharisee thought that he had hit the mark. He thought he was everything God wanted him to be. And guess what? That made him consumed with himself because there was no space for God, there was no gap. The tax collector knew that he had messed up. He knew that he had missed the mark. He knew that there was a great emptiness, a space between what God called him to be and where he really was. And that's what he was saying. Have mercy on me. I can't fill the gap. In other words... Lord Jesus Christ, I need your help. That's all it really means. I need you, God. That is what sin means. It doesn't mean you're bad. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. It means you're saying to God, I need you. There is a gap between the person that you want me to be and the person that I am. I have failed, I have messed up, I can't get it right. You know, when my godfather first taught me that prayer, my first reaction was, why do I need to ask for mercy? I haven't done anything wrong. I was 17. Now at 52, I feel like I need to ask for mercy all the time. Am I a worse person than I was at 17? No, I'm just wiser. And I'm awake more than I was back then. I recognize all the ways that I have failed and fallen short of who God wants me to be. I don't ask for mercy because I think that God doesn't love me. I ask for mercy because I need God's help. And the older I get, the more I recognize how much I need that help. But I love my godfather, so I started saying that prayer over and over in my head. And it runs on in my mind now. It has a life of its own. Often I'll realize I'm praying when I don't even know it. Years ago, I was driving my car with my little boys in the back seat, and someone pulled in front of me. It was almost a car accident, so I yelled out, Kyrie, Jesu Christ, lace on me! And one of my boys said, Mom, what the heck are you talking about? But it has kept me going through the good times and the bad. It is fuel for my soul. Kyrie, Jesu Christ, Eleison Me. You know, it's weird, but when we mess up or when something hard happens, when we lose our job, when we lose a friendship, when we get ill, When we make someone angry, when we hurt ourselves, those are those times of great opportunity because we see the gap. That's what Jesus meant when he said, blessed are the poor, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the hungry. You're blessed because guess what? For a moment you're awake and you can see that you need God. Take advantage of that moment. Ask for help. Look up and become free to become truly God's child, dependent on God. Our moments of failure and suffering are moments of redemption. They're the moments when we can be saved. My godfather died a few years after teaching that prayer to me. He got cancer and died way too young. I so wish he was still around. I would have so much to talk to him about now. I had so, mu- so many questions I wish I could ask him. But he gave me everything I need in that prayer, the Jesus prayer, the second greatest prayer in all of Christianity, and I give it to you. Kyrie, Yesu Christ Me. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. I need you. Amen.